Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. She has grown to make it a 12-person team to work on your next project, whether you're buying, selling, or leasing. She thinks out of the box through creative and dynamic real estate services. She is not someone who does cookie-cutter real estate deals. She wants to make sure that you as the client get what you want and her brokers are ranked in the top 10 in the Denver metro area. So whether you're looking to buy, sell, or lease on the business side, go to impactcommercial.co. That's impactcommercial.co. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service. And they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. All right, let's go out to the hotline. We're to bring in our friend Mark Knutson, longtime Major League Baseball pitcher. Uh, pitched for the Astros, the Brewers, and the Rockies. And he had 24 Major League wins more than I did. How are you, Mark? I also had a lot more losses than you did, so there's that. that. That's true. But listen, you were more of a relief guy, so you should not be uh, expected. A little, little of everything. Little, little of everything. everything. Jack of all trades, master of none, as they say. I'll, I'll tell you where we are even. You know where you and I are even when it comes to baseball? What's that? What's that? I, never played, I never played a day in Major League Baseball, and our batting average is the same. Yeah, home runs. Yeah, home runs. Yeah, that would be good. How about not hits? How about hits? I, I did not have a Major League hit. I, I know. I, I was second on my team in sacrifice bunts one year. We used to bunt. Well, we used to bunt. But I played most of my years in the American League, so I didn't get too many bad bats. Like, I don't know, half a dozen, two dozen, something like that. As long as I've known you, you've always been a very giving guy, and that's why you were always willing to sacrifice yourself to move the runner to second base. Let's talk about the lockout going on right now. Listen, you've done a lot of talk radio. Of course, we have to assign blame to somebody, don't we? With that, one, re- one reason why I wanted to have you on the show was people are going to think, well, Mark's a former player, and he's going to give the player side. I like that you're going to give it balance. So with that, well, let, let's start with yeah. this. Let's start with this. 100% give a percentage of owners the blame and the players the blame. 85% owners the blame. 85%. Right. And the reason, because of this. Now, here's where I'll, I'll give the owners benefit of the doubt. Back in 1984, 19, whatever, mid-80s, the owners were found guilty of collusion. They got together illegally, artificially hold down salaries. They were found guilty in court, and they had to pay damages. Um, they, had, they really decided they just wanted to unilaterally hold down. Since they weren't going to get a salary cap, they just wanted to hold down salaries. This time around, they have, you can't call it collusion. What they're doing with the older players, with the 30-plus-year-old 30 30 players, is saying, look, the data – backs us up that these guys' prog- uh, production drops off after age 30. That is now data-driven. So they can justify going back and saying, we're not going to give 30, we're not going to be more Albert Pujols contracts. 30-year-old guys getting these eight, 10-year contracts when we know their production is going to drop off and we're not going to get our money's worth. So I, I give them credit for that. And to honestly, I think the players have as well. 
giving them credit for that. I said, okay, you're right. You have data that backs that up. That's, we shouldn't be paying guys past their prime money as if they were still in their prime. That I will give the owners full acknowledgement of and full credit for. However, if there's going to be a give, a give by the players at that point, then the players should get to take. And the take should be, okay, the Fernando Tatis of the world should get those kind of contracts now, right? These young guys shouldn't have to wait four, five, six years to get paid when they're outperforming minimum salary requirements early on in their careers. And I think that's where the rub is right now, whether they call it uh, threshold taxes, you know, uh, super twos, uh, uh, you know, eligibility arbitration, free agent. See, all those things are all related to the idea of letting the younger guys get paid earlier in their careers. And I think and the owners don't want to do that either, which is a major problem with over, overseeing right now. Mark, do you think uh, all 30 owners are united or are there uh, a cluster of owners who would rather this thing have been settled, if not yesterday, than a while earlier? And then maybe you've got, say, hypothetically smaller market owners holding this thing back. That's an interesting point because that was a big issue when I was playing. The big market owners, it was almost like when, as players, we were negotiating with two separate entities. It was almost like a three-part negotiation where you had the Steinbrenners and the, the big owners were wanting one thing and the small market owners were wanting something else. They couldn't get their act together. And our team of lawyers, led by Don Fear and Gene Orza, would take them apart in, in negotiations. We, they, we, we easily won all those negotiations and, and had a really good feel for the players. And ironically, at that point in time, there really were owners that could say we're not making money. There really were owners that were not doing well financially. But the big market owners were doing so well that they overwhelmed the small market owners back in, that, back in those days. Um, and that's when Bud Seeley came into the mix, who was a small market owner, but had the ear of the big market owners, the Jerry Reinsdorfs and those people and blah, blah, blah. So I think back then there was that claim. Right now, to, for Rob Manfred to stand up there and say the last five years have been hard for the industry is a lot of nonsense. He has no right to lie like that on, on national television. So everyone, you, me, everyone, all of us lost money in 2020. We all got hurt by that. Okay. Aside from that, baseball's doing quite well. And for him to, and for him to say that and for Dick Moffat to say that, for Dick Moffat to come into the negotiating table and say, well, you know, a lot of teams aren't making money. Uh, we can do better in the stock market than we do own a team. is utter nonsense and also provable by data. It's been proven that that's false. And yet they, you know, they don't want to do it. They don't want to back off of that stance. And also they don't want to open their books. They don't want to prove it. They don't want to show anybody. Just take our word for it. We're not making very much money doing this. We're suffering. The game's suffering. And everybody knows that's not true. We are talking with Mark Knutson, longtime Major League Baseball player. He pitched for the Rockies in 1993. I'm going to ask you a two-part question for you, my man. This is absolutely a layup. One, is the commissioner, Rob Manfred, bad for baseball? And number two, did he pick the wrong guy in Dick Monfort to lead the owners into this fight? Well, I'm not sure who picked who. Remember, the commissioner works for the players. I understand that. I work for the, excuse me, works for the owners. Now, Dick Monfort and Rob Manfred are close. By all accounts, everything I've been told by multiple sources, Dick, Rob Manfred looks at Dick Monfort as the model owner. And everybody wants, because the product on the field doesn't really matter. It's the successful business model. You can put any, I mean, the Rockies can put a 100 loss team on the field. They're still going to be profitable. That's the model for these owners. And that's what bothers the players is that the, there's no incentive for the owners to try to win financially. There's no financial incentive for them to try to win. And that's, that's a big sticking point for the players. Um, so, yes, Rob Manfred's bad for baseball. But, again, he's not going to be fired. We've had this discussion about Roger Goodell. When, when things were going bad with the NFL, everybody wants to blame Roger Goodell. He's a mouthpiece. He does what he's told. He follows the marching orders of the, other own, of the owners. And, and 
Manfred's doing that as well. The problem with Rob Manfred is he, he, he so obviously doesn't care about baseball. It's just obvious. He's up there pretending to swing a golf club, and he's saying things like the, the trophy is a piece of metal, and he wishes he didn't have to waste time going to the Hall of Fame weekend. And he doesn't, I don't think the man likes baseball. He's a self-described transactional attorney. That's how he describes himself. I'm a transactional attorney. What the, what the owners did after Bud Seeley stepped aside is they went out and lawyered up. And they got themselves a lawyer to run things, and that's where we've seen lawyers have gotten them. Do you think, like, with uh, this ma- mindset from Manfred and putting Dick Bomford in charge, is this were they viewing this for a while as an opportunity to finally, to in their mind, finally break the the union? I think that's part of it. Break might be a harsh word, but they were trying to find ways to get around things and get their way. They're not going to get a salary cap in name, but they can find other ways to create the same situation uh hold down salaries artificially you know with, with service time manipulation when they don't call guys up or they send the, send guys down so they won't qualify lose a year of arbitration they're finding ways to hold down salaries so yeah i mean if that's breaking the union i don't know but they've they've won the last several negotiations they, the owners keep getting more and more and more in the last several several right. negotiations i think the players probably went into this one they asked for the moon and the stars knowing they weren't going to get it thinking they're going to get some things back you know, incrementally trying to make some progress back, but the owners don't want to give an inch. And that's why we created this impact. To be honest, guys, back, remember how this ended in 1995? It ended up in court. And it's probably going to end up in court again. I, that's where I see, I'm just guessing, but that's where I see this going. Some, the courts are going to have to get involved with settlement. I know that you don't have a crystal ball, but if you do, I would like you to tell me on who to bet on tonight in the NBA and NHL. It's, it's got lots of cracks in it. Right. I, fi- I figured it would. Yeah. Uh, with that, um, how far do you think this could go knowing both sides are dug in? Now, listen, when it comes to negotiations, we always say that. Both sides are dug in. But do you think this could spill into June, July, honestly? No, I think it'll still into when Fox and ESPN decide that these games need to be televised. Because right now they don't. Maple, they don't have any national TV games, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe they have Sunday Night Baseball. I, I don't remember. But um, when, when Disney and Fox say, hey, wait a minute, you're, you're robbing us of primetime programs. There's no NBA anymore. There's no, you know, there's no now NHL or whatever. The combine's over. So I can see the spilling. I can see a start time in June. I can see a, a, easily a loss of one or maybe two months of games. The owners feel like they can make that up. Now, the owners, again, want this ridiculous 14-team playoff. 14 teams, half of baseball should make the playoffs. What teams with sub-500 records will make the playoffs. After 162 games, you should know who should be in the playoffs and who shouldn't. And it's not teams that are 500 teams. And yet that's where we're headed with this, or if, the, if the owners get their way, which drives the players crazy because, again, that removes the financial incentive to spend on contracts and try to put a winning team on the field. So when I think the owners, when they start losing – significant sponsor and um, uh, attendance dollars. That's when this gets done. But they, they thought they listen. They saw in the COVID year, they could, they lost a lot of money during the COVID year, but they still handed out a world series trophy at the end of the year, whether we think it's legit or not, they handled handed it out. And so a shortened season maybe isn't as big a deal as it would have been before COVID. All right. Uh, and, real, real, real quick. Cause we, we need to run. Uh, tell us about your podcast and all the writing that you do. So I have a podcast called on the Believe Network called uh, the Rock, Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast. That's going up tonight. New one will go tonight. I have another po- podcast about college sports with Carl Benson, the former commissioner of the WAC, WAC and the Sun Belt Conference. That hopefully goes up early, later in the week. Uh, and then lots of writing. Three Strikes blog on MileHighSports.com, WoodyPage.com. So lots of stuff. I have lots of places to spew my opinions. But um, I'm, I'm going to give up on the pro- 
predicting business because I thought this would be done by now. I thought that the sports wagering and all that, the, all the sponsor money that was coming into MLB would prevent this from getting to this point, and I was dead wrong about that. Mark, always appreciate your time. I know your right, baseball guys. practice. Just make sure you don't teach yeah, kids yeah. anything about hitting. No, all I know about hitting is it didn't look very difficult. Where I was <laughs> Actually, I've got Bob Bodie doing my hitting right now. David Bodie's dad is my one of my assistant coaches, and he's you can hear him mark marking in the background to hitters. I stay out of, I stay out of his way. Man, <laughs> coached for forty three years, won six state championships. I know when to stay out of the way. Well, that's six more championships than I've won. Thanks and, and thanks. me. Yep. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Appreciate it. Bye. All right, coming up after the break, a lot of people think, "Hey, Peyton Manning might be in the running. He might want to be part of a group to buy the Denver Broncos." Not so fast. He just put a couple of big things on his plate that might not allow him to do work with the Broncos if he's part of a team. We'll tell you what he's doing now because he's always doing something. He's like Kramer, like Kenny Rogers roasted chicken. He's always doing something. We'll tell you what Manning is doing now. And are you interested in watching what he's doing? That's next. Slipping and sliding All along the waterfall with you a brown-eyed girl.